Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Bet MGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with Bet MGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 when you bet $10 on an MLB. MLB game and either team hits a home run. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire 7 days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another edition of That's Right. It is Monday night. It's corner to corner time, and I'm Stan Grubb. I'm joined by my tag team partner, Brian Taylor, is with me. What's going on? Hey, Stan. Uh, yes, sir. Got a question for you. Fire away. You know why Shawn Michaels' prom date left him? Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, why? They couldn't see eye to eye. Oh, oh, oh. That's bad, Hoot. That's bad. That's really, really bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Robert Gibson disease lives on. Oh, my God. Uh, on behalf of uh, <clears throat> NewAttitudeMedia.com and Corner to Corner, C2CRadioShow.com, uh, the opinions expressed by one Brian Taylor. <laughs> it wasn't opinions. <laughs> That's fact. Oh, oh, no. You're making it worse. Oh. <laughs> hey, listen. When, when I'm also uh, one-third of the triple threat and I've run the HR department... <laughs> I can get away with a lot of things. Do you also handle the complaints too? Yes. Oh, oh wow. Uh, you can send all complaints to corner to corner radio at gmail. Care of. Care of. <laughs> Care of HR. You'll know exactly where to put it. <laughs> oh man, dude, we had um, a hell of a weekend for wrestling, right? I mean, Rampage yes. starts us off damn fast, fast show. Uh, went by way too quick, but good show. Very good show. Um, triple, a, triple A Mania or Triple Mania. 
with uh, Kenny Omega defending the AAA title against Andrade, which, hey, I didn't know he was supposed to lose it. I, I didn't know. I didn't know. Yes, I wasn't ask before. Charlotte. Yeah, you see, they're her or Rick. You, know, you got to ask one of them. Um, and then, ask of course, them. ask the player. <laughs> we, we got BTE that came out today that uh, obviously that's what we're playing inside baseball with. Uh, we've got a lot of different things happening as Rampage next week. The first dance. Don't you do it. Don't take us there. I, I can't. Bobby. I, I can't play the music because it's copyrighted and, and they'll strike us. And, but I'm telling you, we're so close. We're so close. You feel, you feel good about this, do you? You know, it, it, unless Sonny Chase's prediction comes true, and then I would be like, oh, why? Why, dude? Why? Because it would literally be like over like a Goldberg match. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm, I'm going with what I told told you. I hope I hope we get a Goldberg-type situation. Oh, God, that'd be awesome. I hope, midget, you know. Midget punk. A midget punk, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Always it, then, it, great if Jericho was the one to introduce it. Yeah. Well, no, you know, I guess we don't really need a midget punk. Uh, we can do it with an old guy punk come out in a wheelchair and a walker. I just want to, I, I want to hear the the crowd just boo, and then have Tony Khan TK for his close friends. That's right. Uh, We've got him on speed dial, Sonny. We do. <laughs> uh, have him come out and laugh at everybody. <laughs> Full transparency. We, we we don't have we don't have a speed dial. I don't even think he'd answer our call if we did. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But well, I mean, if but, he's already stealing material from us. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's been that way. So I mean, I think it's ob- it's obvious. It's the right thing to do, Brian. To start with Rampage. Um, we had Miro and Lee Johnson. No, Miro and Fuego Del Sol. There we go. Got it. Winner. If Fuego Del Sol wins, he gets the contract. We had Britt Baker in the main event defending against uh, Red Velvet. Red Velvet. Uh, and we had a hell of a matchup, which I really was surprised, even though it was still the right decision to do. Surprised to see this match start the night. It was the impact and TNA World Heavyweight Championship on the line as Kenny Omega defends against Christian Cage. Backing up a little bit when they went to Dynamite, uh, Kenny Omega and the Elite had a just a, what's it these kids call it, a banger of a match, six-man tag, um, with, with uh, Darius Martin and the Seidels. I mean, just blew us away. And so at the end of this matchup, it's when Christian Cage comes to the ring and announces that not only is he going to get the title shot at All Out, which no build, zero, zero build at all. Uh-huh. But then he announces that he's getting a title shot for the Impact title on Friday at the debut episode of Rampage. Um, one part of it at a time, Brian. Okay, thoughts on Christian getting the title shot against Kenny Omega? On all out. Whoa! I think that's the cart before the horse. Let's, let, let me ask you a question. Fire away. Right, let me ask you a question. Ask me. Right. So you brought up no build, right? Yep. I did. You said, "Hey, there's no build to this." 
right? So after watching Rampage, mm-hmm. right? Do you need a build? Right now, now like, okay. I mean, so I mean, you'll get a build, right? Mm-hmm. But are, are we as a um, oh, an American wrestling fan base? Do we need that all the time? Man. Should we just not have great matches? Do we need the instrumentals from America the Beautiful playing in the background? This feels like a patriotic moment. Wow. Well, I, I mean, don't know. It just, I, you just said, do we as an American, you know, re- I mean, it just well, sounded you know, very patriotic. But it happens in New Japan pro wrestling all the time. True, sure, sure. But do we... Have, have we been conditioned to expect a buildup? Mm. Fair question, honestly. It is a good question. I would say that I'm, I'm in the middle on that. I would say, yeah, sometimes we have to have it. Sometimes it's got to make sense. Other times, it doesn't. Like, if you had told me last week that we would be getting to see a trios match that would totally enlighten us to a talent that we really hadn't seen unless we watched Dark, I'd have been like, yeah, I doubt it. Not because they can't build talent. We already know they can, but I just wouldn't have expected it. Boom. We get it. We get Martin, and I'm like, damn, this guy is, uh, he's money. He's got it written all over his face, everything he does, and here we are. You put him in a match, I don't need a story because I already know it's going to be good. That's a great point. When you go to Christian Cage, honestly, him winning the week before, saying that what's better than great, oh, yeah, I'm elite, I guess that would have been the start. And everybody's like, wait, mm, Christian Cage, because Adam Page had already lost his title shot because of the uh, tag match. So maybe it just isn't the, well, here's the buildup, and we're going to take it for three weeks, and we're going to do this, this, and this. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's just, hey, he gets the title shot. He's number one contender. That's it, period. Yeah, now, now again, I'm not saying there aren't occasions we should have a buildup. Mm-hmm. Right, but much like what happened Friday night, mm-hmm. with very, very, absolutely minimal buildup, and it was to me the buildup was kind of like one-sided. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Oh, I would. I would agree. It was all Christian talking smack. Right. 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 Um. But you know, I, I thought Friday the Friday match was great mm-hmm. and I'm almost glad we didn't have a build up for the first of the two matches mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying well and then uh, the, the build up for the AEW title here's the thing I, I was I was feeling like and, and I've been hearing this a lot with you know a lot of different news outlets a lot of people predicting that this would be like the story would be Kenny Omega systematically losing each title and kind of losing his mind, like going crazy. And then as he gets closer and closer to the big match with Adam Page is where he gets the most paranoid and starts really losing it. Well, this matchup with Christian, honestly, I just, part of me just said, no, Christian won't beat him. That was just how I felt. I just didn't think it would happen that way, regardless of which title was for. Um, And it's interesting because... Having him, it's also funny, but 
having him win the Impact title does free up Kenny Omega to not have to go to the Impact tapings, which is actually smart because we do know that Kenny Omega has been recovering from some nagging injuries. So a little time off, a little bit of a break is not a bad thing. The the fact is that Christian said he was done with Impact Wrestling, and here we are in 2021, and guess what? Christian's going to be there for their tapings. <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. Um, and uh, Kenny Omega may need more medical assistance because after his head went through that chair, um, good God. That was a great finish, by the way. The way this matchup was put together. Um, one, have we seen Christian have a match like that, like, ever? I don't I So, I, I would venture to say, now again, of course, you have to remember this is years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So, but I would imagine when he was Impact World Champion in the past, or TNA, or whatever, whatever it was. Right. I would imagine he put on a few bangers. Because mm-hmm. what was he two time? Two time NWA two-time? champ. Yep. Yeah. So I would imagine um, he put on some good matches. Because again, the the talent that they had at that time, as far as a roster goes, it probably rivaled. I mean, like pure talent, it probably rivaled any other roster on the planet at that time. When you consider what he did for Impact when he first went, like back in 05, his signing was bigger than when Jeff Hardy went. And that was back uh, then when both of them were still at a early part of their career, in my opinion. So I, I, I think Jeff was the bigger. To me, Jeff was the bigger, but Christian did the most. Yeah. Made the most out of it. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, the, the matchup between Christian and Omega. Um, one, I I thought that, and I'm glad to be wrong about this, but I thought that this was probably the, hey, we're going to see Christian kind of phase himself out and work in a more of a backstage role. And maybe he will ultimately get there. I'm not saying he won't. But what this was, was this was really, this is Christian proving, no, uh, hey, screw you. I'm definitely not done yet. I've got a lot of gas left in the tank. Thank you, Mark Henry. And he's he came true to his catchphrase, ready to outwork everyone, because you're going to be hard-pressed to really find a guy that can hang with Kenny Omega, especially his first time out. Never stepped in the ring together before. Like, that's... That's saying something, and to have this kind of a matchup. I don't know what uh, some of the reports have been as far as, like, if it's a five-star or anything. I'd give it a solid four stars. It was definitely a good match. I was really entertained, and the the finish to it had a great flow to it. There wasn't too much interference. There wasn't, like, no presence of the elite, so we had a little bit of everything. And the unexpectedness of the finish, I mean... Brian, not that AEW never has a crowd come unglued, but let's be honest, that was that was a hell of a pop. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think there was anybody <laughs> in the world that was like, ah, oh, he's gonna, you know, honestly could have said to themselves, you know, yeah, he's got it. However, comma, I think 
we all should have picked up on it when they made the match. Uh, what day do they make the match? Wednesday. Tuesday? Wednesday? Yeah, yeah. So Wednesday. We should have been like, oh, crap, this title's changing. You know what I'm saying? Christian's going to get one of these two. So. It, it's... It's good because, number one, if Christian loses it all out, the disappointment level will be minimal because Kenny Omega has something to prove. Christian comes away as like, hey, I'm still the Impact champ. And you could have Kenny Omega say, well, I want those back, challenge him, win them back, and now everybody's happy. Christian got another world championship. You know what I mean? Like, everybody looks good from this. It's one of those moments where... You don't have to pick a winner. You just have to let them go. Right, right. But so, to me, though, right, something tells me there is something bigger on the way. You know? Remember that old movie, what was it, Something Wicked This Way Comes? Yes. Right? Something tells me they are cleaning, clearing Kenny's day planner for something. Right, whether it's the two big names that are supposed to be coming, the faction that may be coming, uh, the fact that New Japan and AEW now have... Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. A major agreement going on Mm -hmm. for talent swapping. Um, Something tells me that when they looked at it they didn't want impact to lose out on this right so for me triple a is is one thing right so i don't know how often they show programming right um so i don't know if it's once a week i don't know if it's just on a pay-per-view pay-per-view basis or what it is right i'm sure he still makes an appearance Mm -hmm. right but i think i think the easiest road to go is triple a right Whereas Impact, it's, you know, he's always showing up. Mm-hmm. So let me drop this one, right? Because we don't want him to drop the AEW one. Because we're trying to make that the biggest belt in the world, right? But let's drop this so we can clean a third of his plate off. So we can bring in, you know, God knows what. But something tells me it was dropped for a reason. They trust Christian. We'll let Christian run with it for a while. And Kenny can move into a... I I honestly think that Kenny's going to get a major program coming up. I mean, regardless of of which person it could be, yeah, he's going to have a major plan. And I think it stems way past all out. I think it's probably full gear to revolution type plan. Yeah, I, I think this one, I think this could be, like, the biggest program they've had yet, mm-hmm. right? Just based off of the names I could throw out there. Oh, yeah. 
And I honestly think this is going to run into, you know, maybe January, maybe not January, but uh, I guess what, February or March, whatever it is. March. This will be March. No. Yes. Yeah, what, whatever. So I think it's going to it's going to carry a long time, right? So you'll probably get half a year out of this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, let Impact have their title back. You know, this is one less thing I have to worry about with this program. And let's make money. A lot of money. I think, I mean, when you look at what they're doing, the what they've done right, Right now, I mean, first off, the immediate sense, Christian is now prepared as, okay, he's a made guy. Now you can put him anywhere you need, and it doesn't matter where you put him. He is, hey, he beat Kenny Omega. And in AEW, you've got a a very chosen few of people that have done that. So if you were looking for something to cement his legacy, and I think for him he probably was, um, this is a good feather in the cap there. You know, if, if if ever that's needed. I don't think he really needs it, but it's definitely a good feather in the cap. It positions him to work well wherever he goes. I think if we see Christian versus, jeez, uh, Rich Swan, Willie Mack, Moose. I mean, th- there's a lot of great match opportunities in Impact that won't, won't hurt him one bit. As a matter of fact, he'll help Impact even more. Plus, there's a, a, a certain degree of credibility that it lends with him being back there. Um, I right. agree with you. Freeing Kenny Omega up, letting him, okay, well, we'll go quarterly to AAA and do a match or do a, do a title shot or whatever. Um, I think that's smart, and you need to free Kenny up to heal because he has been burning that candle at not just both ends but in the middle too. Like, he's just, he's wrestling everywhere. And at some point, somebody's got to catch their breath. And I think it's smart. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, it's, it, that was, it was very smart to, to let that one go. Mm-hmm. Um, not only for, you know, Kenny, AW, but also for Impact. Mm-hmm. Um, so and this this I mean I, I, I really think it's a smart move. I know Christian Cage has who is Brian Myers coming mm-hmm. up. Yep. So that has a lot of potential. Um so could be interesting. Well there's that and there's also the fact that let's say this is a one off, right? Let's say Christian just wanted to lose it. If Brian Myers wins the Impact title from Christian, I mean, hey, that's that's no small feat in and of itself. And talk about resetting the board for Impact. Yeah, well, I, I mean, so Impact is starting to pick up, mm-hmm. in my mind, some much-needed momentum, mm-hmm. right? So what uh, we now have Jay White yep. in the mix. Uh, so he's brought along some Bullet Club buddies mm-hmm. from uh, Saturday at the New Japan show when the Gorillas showed up to confront the Good Brothers, which is probably going to carry over into Impact. You have Deanna Peraza, who wrestled for AAA mm-hmm. and won their female title. 
Um, so again, this is all, I mean, it's, they're going to build momentum, right? And if mm-hmm. they get their collective heads out of their butts and get this programming on a channel that people can watch, people will tune in. I think with impact their their past is their worst enemy right now. What what has happened to them is a lot of stuff that they the current regime is just trying to outrun now. They're just trying to get away from what happened in the past. And and I don't blame them. I mean, that's a tough deal because you know, you've you've positioned your company as hey, we're different, we're an alternative. But previous to that, they were literally like, "Hey, we're going to beat WWE." Uh, okay, let's let's back up a little bit. You've got to, you know, maybe gain a, a, a reputation for paying your employees before you can say that. And and now they are much cleaner, much more organized. I mean, it it stands to reason that I would say within the another six months or so they should be on another TV station. Um, but they they are give them credit because they're holding themselves afloat with Impact Plus and. Was access is that what the network is that they air on, and Twitch and every I mean, other well, they can find. So they're surviving. Yeah, but yeah, but I don't. I I I'm honestly don't know how because I went to tune in Thursday mm-hmm. on Twitch and I couldn't get the live feed. I actually had to watch somebody simulcast the thing. Oh, and I I don't want to see two people's fat heads. On the yeah. side of the screen, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, especially because you you don't want to get their stupid uh, sidebar conversation either, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and I don't remember. I think I tried Access or Vice or whatever channel it's on, and mm-hmm. I couldn't seem to get it. So, um, yeah. I, I mean they 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 need to find a TV station, and they need it fast. And I, uh, I will point out that, Brian, you mentioned them, and I'm going to say it again. The Gorillas of Destiny are who will dethrone the Young Bucks. Mm, no. They'll dethrone the Good Brothers, but they won't dethrone the Young Bucks. That's just, that, that match is going to be great no matter what, but I, I still think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, it just makes I mean, it makes good sense to have this whole Bullet Club versus Elite storyline to start playing out on AEW. Yeah, yeah, but see, to me, you have too many. Like the tag team division in AEW is their, one of their strongest. Yes, right. If not the strongest division they have, mm-hmm. and I just I think you take away from, uh, you know. Jurassic Express, mm-hmm. uh, FTR, Santana Ortiz, I'm going to throw 2.0 in there. You know, all these tag teams, I think you take away, if you put them on somebody like the Gorillas, who aren't going to, who wouldn't be able to commit to a full-time thing, mm-hmm. right? Because to me, if you, if you, if you do the Gorillas and you put the titles on them, you have to throw tag teams at them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, to me, uh, you know, I would want them on TV every every week for like you know 
two months. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know if New Japan would allow them to to do that schedule. Well, and then the question then becomes what what is going to happen here stateside also? Because depending on the day, there's – and you know as well as I do, depending on what news outlet you choose <laughs> – we're headed to mass mandates. We're headed to not. We're headed to lockdown. We're not. You know what I mean? So as business continues to change overall, Lord only knows what's going to happen next. So to your point, I, I could totally see why New Japan would be like, eh, let's not, let's not do that. <laughs> you know, they, they want to be able to protect their investment. I can't say I blame them because they're a big deal, and they're a big part of what makes New Japan so successful. Mm. Yeah, but I, I mean – you know, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, there might be just a little too much hysteria with the mass thing. I think sure. you could probably find. I mean, if California lets you do do a show, uh, but even if it's masked or mandatory, but you can do the show, mm-hmm. um, I think is one thing. But um, I just, to me, Tony Teak. I almost called him TK. Oh, TK. <laughs> oh, TK. The Forbidden Door. You know, he's going to want these people, like, there. Like, I w- I'm going to show – I'm going to give you guys a, a, a door into the American market. Mm-hmm. You know, but in order to do that, I need I need them two months. Well, and the, and the smart money really and truly is, is with AEW New Japan working together rather than Ring of Honor New Japan working together. Ring of Honor just doesn't have the door to open like AEW does. <clears throat> because they tried that partnership before, and it wasn't that Ring of Honor did anything bad or good, but it was just it wasn't big enough. And it's as big as they are, that's what you need. You need an entry into the U.S. market. Well, no, I, so, I mean, Ring of Honor helped. And you get that message from Ralph. Yep. Ring of Honor was the catalyst for the Bullet Club movement here in the States. Mm -hmm. Right? So don't get me wrong. I think there were enough people that heard about the Bullet Club that tuned in. Mm -hmm. However, Ring of Honor gave those that the, the, um, uh, you know, the part uh, I won't call them part time, but the ones that wouldn't normally go looking for New Japan mm-hmm. gave them a reason to. Sure, sure. I mean, it was it was definitely a gateway for a lot of hardcore fans. But when you talk about market share, when you talk about how big of a reach a company has, I, I, AEW is the logical partner, just because of the size oh yeah yeah and now reach yeah. that they have yeah. So I mean, when you look at it, that's that's what we're really. I think that's where that that intelligent move comes from. And Brian, he's here. We got Rob is joining us. Rob Hefner, the other part of the third member of the Triple Threat. What's up, Rob? Well, hello. <laughs> hello there. Hello, it's me again. So, Rob, we we've been talking about uh, Rampage, uh, Christian, and Kenny Omega. We talked about the title change here, and we've been talking about how there's. Um, <clears throat> I would say it's pretty pretty public now that there's now a partnership between New Japan and All Elite Wrestling, and and how their the forbidden door continues to go even further, further wider, you know, as far as an opening. Uh, we'll start with your thoughts on Christian Cage and Kenny Omega. What do you think of the title match? I mean, I thought it was very hard hitting, and I mean, it's not how I thought it was going to go. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought for sure that it was going to be, you know, Kenny Omega on top with something or, you know, because they'd have been doing some tomfoolery or whatever. But for him to come out with a victory, Christian Cage, I agree with Brian's comments in the in the chat that it was like, I mean, I don't think it does anything to hurt Kenny Omega in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, it does now give legitimacy to those brand titles again, you know. Granted, their, their titles had legitimacy anyway with Kenny Omega holding the strap, but now it's just not on somebody's shoulders. Like, now you're going to have someone like Christian Cage coming every week, you know, instead of some dude in a running suit coming out holding the belt, you know? Well, I mean, there's that, that could very well be the case, but, I mean, I think when you look at the overall appeal, what I, what I was saying earlier was that Christian brings you a certain piece of uh, legacy to what he's done, but in the past with impact. So even if he shows up one week and loses the title, it's a major momentum mover for both him, AEW and for impact. Yeah. I mean, they can even have Kenny Omega fight him again. Right. And win it back, you know, and it would just, Nothing is lost on Kenny for the storyline for his belt collection, you know? Right. Um, and I understand what you're saying with lineage of Christian Cage. Cause isn't he in the Hall of Fame for them anyway? Yes. He went in, um, I think, he, was he the first? Uh, let's take a look. Here. He might have been the first one. Because wasn't him, Sting, and Kurt Angle all put in around the same time? Uh, well, yeah, but they're kind of different. I think they only put in maybe one a year. They, yeah, they put one a year in. Um, and I'm looking up his Hall of Fame status here. Bear with me while I do that. Because I think, I think he went first, though. No, he he was not inducted yet. He was his in, his involvement with their Hall of Fame was when he inducted Ric Flair. Um, no, he inducted, excuse me, inducted Sting is, uh, as the Hall of Famer. So he was inducted to Sting. Oh, okay. Mm. Are you sure on that? I thought he got inducted. Uh, I will double-check one other piece. There goes cagematch.net. Can't use them. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> you can. Just not very well, apparently. Uh, let's not see. Impact that. Hall of Fame. Um, Sting, Christian. Nope, not Christian. Sorry. Sting, Kurt Angle, Jeff Jarrett, Earl Hebner, Gail Kim, Abyss, Ken Shamrock, and Team 3D. Hmm. So Ken Shamrock got in before Christian Cage. I mean, he first, was their first world champion. First, yeah. Now, first, Smurst, who cares? <laughs> I'm telling Ken Shamrock you said that. <laughs> I've got him on speed dial, too. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> okay, fine. Because <laughs> God forbid we have an opinion. What? We don't do those. We don't do those here. <laughs> you want those other shows. Um, looking at Rampage, one of the things that just jumped off the page immediately to that title match was... To your point, Rob, how hard-hitting it was. Um, I like the fact that it wasn't, like, overbooked. It wasn't a typical 
impact matchup, which we see so many run-ins and all of that. We had one run-in, one bad guy involvement. It backfired in a in an entertaining and actually kind of uh, it kind of fooled me because at first when he gets in there and he's getting ready for the belt shot, I'm like, oh wait, he's gonna hit the he's gonna hit the one wing needle. It's done, and he gets him up there on his shoulders, and I thought that was it. Like I thought he was about to, to drop him down, but it, it ends up. You know, switching the whole thing around, flipping the script, as Brian would say, and really just driving Kenny Omega's head and neck into the chair. Um, Tom Fuller, yeah, say. I don't know that I would have recommended for Kenny Omega to take the shot that way, but it made the finish all the more powerful. I mean, that's just with any match, you know, like. We've said with Will Ospreay and and Kenny Omega and and Ricochet and Will Ospreay in those matches, it's like one day they're going to wake up and their ankles are going to go, no, <laughs> not doing nothing today. You know, like they just come every time. You know, and I think that's what like some of those loyalists like Jim Cornette and those people have against a lot of matches like that is because of what it does. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's a dangerous situation when you put yourself um, out there like that. But you, and you have to. It's not like Kenny Omega is gonna gonna uh, sandbag Christian. You know, he's gonna sell it to the best of his ability, and it only serves to help him because if at all out Kenny Omega beats him, it makes that win all the more meaningful. Sorry, I cut you off, Brian. Mm-hmm. I think with what we're looking at right now, Rampage Rampage is already in one match. It's like, oh, this is uh, this is totally different. Uh, SmackDown when it started, we didn't get a title change. Uh, Thunder when it started, I don't remember it having a title change. Rampage immediately, just right off the bat, we've got we've got something happening that's that's a lot more a lot more important. Um, and frankly, a lot more powerful as far as just overall presence. What did you guys think of, and, and Brian, let's start with you. What did you think of the four-man booth? Not a fan. Honestly, I'm just not a fan. Not a fan. It was very, very busy. Like, just a lot of talking, a lot of people stepping on each other. It was a lot of... It was awkward at points. It wasn't, like, horrible. I'm not going to, you know, destroy it. But it was definitely messy. It's also their first show, their first episode. So, how they continue to go. And and Tony Khan said in an interview uh, with uh, Busted Open earlier in the week that... Hey, this is going to be a four-man booth, but it doesn't mean they're all four going to be there the entire time. Mark Henry is great as a host. We know that he can do interviews, so he's going to be roving. We saw a little bit of that. Rob, what did what did you think of the the four-man booth presentation? I feel like once you get over three, because we all know how hard it is for you know when we're when we're calling the thing on the level we call them, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like to make sure that everybody's heard and no one walks over someone and we all have something to say. Mm-hmm. 
So it's like, I feel like the four-man booth, it's just, it's impossible. You see it on AEW when they have, you know, when it's JR and Tony Schiavone and Excalibur, and then they bring out somebody else. Mm-hmm. And even Tyler a lot of times it's just Tony and JR and Excalibur, like Excalibur wants to like talk over everybody else. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, I just feel like it's too convoluted. I mean, I would, I would like to see it just as a two man booth. I would agree. And I would agree that I would want to see like a dedicated, dedicated backstage people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Back when you had like a couple dedicated backstage hosts that you saw all the time, and it's not like every week it's someone new mm-hmm. or somebody different. You know what I mean? Um, AEW does, is doing a better job of that, of keeping like, you know, most interviews are done by Tony Schiavone, mm-hmm. and backstage stuff, it's done by somebody. I don't know their name, but. Alex Marvez usually does it, I believe. Well, thank you, Mister Encyclopedia of Wrestling Knowledge. I mean, hey, gotta do, gotta do something with all, all my free time. As Brian says, I just sit at home working and in shorts. <laughs> you're lucky he's wearing Brian. You're lucky he's wearing shorts today. So, we got the Impact Championship match. We, we, we've talked about, you know, the, the four-man booth. And, and, again, I think part of it is, all right, it's the first episode. The other part of it, I was like, yeah, I could do without. I could handle. Three still feels like too much to me, but that's just because I'm, I like hearing the moves. Like, it was interesting. We had a nice little uh, back and forth about, about the broadcast team in our corner-to-corner chat. And if ever you join the corner-to-corner group on Facebook, you always have the option of messaging myself or Sonny Chase or even Shane Richardson and asking, we'll add you to the group. And it's it's interesting because we talked about the different combinations of people we would like to hear. Like me, I said that I like Excalibur, and I feel like him and Tony Schiavone would be a good team, or even if Excalibur for Rampage caught it by himself. But Brian, you you kind of looked at it different. You didn't really want to hear the play by play of the moves as much, just the story. Am I right on that? Uh, I mean, I don't need to know the name of every move, mm-hmm. and that's what you get on Excalibur. That's it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he'll tell you every move that happens, mm-hmm. and a lot of times he'll jump right over somebody else to do it. And to Rob's point, I mean, it's really tough in that busy of a booth because you've got Jim Ross is usually in the number one seat, right? He's usually the guy directing traffic. You've got Excalibur with play-by-play. To me, play-by-play typically is that one seat. And then you've got Tony Schiavone, another alpha, in my opinion, who does a great job, by the way. Continuously, Tony Schiavone is the standout, both in interviewer, especially with his work with uh, QT Marshall, except for... His son trying to wrestle. I don't know about that whole segment. But anyway, Tony Schiavone is still just a spotlight there. I think Chris Jericho could definitely be a superstar at the booth. He's already proven he's great at it. Um, But then you add in Big Show and you add in uh, uh, Mark Henry. And and now all of a sudden you've just got these – you've got four shows. Why not have four different teams? I mean, I agree. 
I mean, I agree. I think you should have different teams on different shows because also, like you're saying, they put a lot of trust and a lot of the work on um, Tony Schiavone and JR. Mm-hmm. And, and this is going to come out wrong. And I don't mean it that way, but they're getting up there in age. <laughs> and, you know, if you're going to have multiple shows, your broadcast crew can bring a different appeal to each show. Because mm-hmm. like we said, you just said, like Excalibur and these guys... Each, each announcer focuses on certain things. You know, I agree with Brian. You don't need to sit here and tell me every time that, oh, that's a quadrilateral press. Oh, we have another quadrilateral press. You know, but I do believe calling it sometimes, but telling the story is important. And, um, and I do believe that boosts like that get awful busy sometimes with everybody trying to get the rub. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Plus, everybody's got what they feel is an assignment. Somebody's trying to get over the bad guy. Somebody's trying to get over the good guy. Someone's trying to build up for the pay-per-view. Someone's trying to build up for the next show. And that uh, that was how I felt on Friday. I'm like, wow, they're just, they got so much to build right now. And now they've all got to try to find a way to gel together and find a way to work together and not not step on each other in a in a horrible mess. I mean, you see it like on the other wrestling programs and other other sports programs. You know, you see their play-by-play boost, and you see the guy who is, you know, his job is to bring them back from break, let them out from break, say all the the spots. You know, like that's his job. Like my job, you know, my job is to sit here. Okay, you're going to sit here and talk, Stan. And Brian's going to talk, but then I'm going to cut you off because I got to promote Slim Jims or something. You know, like right, right. You know, and it's it just gets so busy. I agree that I think Chris Jericho, when it, that time comes and he steps away from the ring, he is going to be amazing. He reminds me very much of like what Roddy Piper was and what Bobby the Brain Heenan was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Jesse Ventura. Yeah, I agree. Right, he brings that pedigree to his comments. Mm-hmm. You know, because to me. And this is going to sound really bad because I'm uneducated, but I don't know what pedigree Excalibur brings to the to the to the you know to the game. I so, think that's a fair statement, though, because Excalibur, Brian, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the only thing he's really <laughs> identified is that PWG. Oh, I, I mean, I didn't know him before he, other than New Japan. Mm-hmm. That's true. He has worked a little bit with them too. But yeah, I mean, I I think you make a good point, Rob. I think his his pedigree, his 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 resume, so to speak, um, doesn't really place him in front of a lot of people. Which he is odd man out, and that's that role that he's playing there. I think if if I had my druthers, here's a guy that I think has a lot of talent in the play by play position. But learning from a guy like Jim Ross, who can mix it very well. Jim always did a JR always has done a great job of mixing the all right so here's 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 Bob and he is from Tulsa Oklahoma and he's a hoss and he played pro football and oh my god what a tackle you know what I mean like he mixed the background the story the physical presence and then the reaction so it was always that and I I think that the ability to learn from a guy like Jim Ross for Excalibur is huge 
Yeah, I mean, it depends on what role Excalibur and they're hoping AEW is hoping that he fills. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, do they want him to be in that Jesse Ventura wrestler turned broadcaster role? Or is he just a broadcaster that just happens to wear a mask? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, um, and he's he's in an unfortunate spot there because they have so many, and especially as they get more more WWE guys. Thanks, Kenny Omega. Um, as they get more WWE guys, now there's you know uh, more people that are more than capable of saying, "Yeah, I'll step in the booth." Well, I mean, you look at the Big Show. The Big Show, Mark Henry, right there, had more pedigree than Excalibur does, in my opinion. But that's my opinion because I don't know of Excalibur's pedigree. Right, does that make right. sense? Yeah. So, hey, we get to the TNT Championship match between Miro and Fuego Del Sol. If Fuego Del Sol wins, he gets a contract. Now, of the three of us, I think it's a safe bet to say nobody expected Fuego Del Sol to win. Is it, would, would I be accurate on that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, the Tornado DDT before the bell rings. Uh, uh-oh. <laughs> Suddenly, I'm like, wait, is... Is Miro not going to make it? And he hits another one, and then he hits another one, and I'm like, "Wait a damn second! He's going to get a he's going to get a win by countout." And I'm like, "Damn, that's genius! You, you don't lose anything if you're Miro. You got, you know, waylaid before the bell, and then we go back to, well, a vengeful God and a double jointed wife being very happy to see that God's favorite champion Miro retained." The TNT title after literally bending Fuego Del Sol in half. And many people did say on Twitter, everyone was tweeting, R.I.P. Fuego Del Sol. Well, I mean, I don't think there was anybody that was expecting the win. The countout would have been interesting, but. I don't think anybody thought he was going to win. Well, and that's what makes the that's what makes the moment that happened after all the more powerful. Um, if you watch BTE, you know that Sammy Guevara has his own v- vlog, video log, um, and that he's got his own crew that goes around with him. And Fuego del Sol is like the star, one of the stars of this, this video set. Sammy Guevara comes out with. Uh, Brian, I think we can call him this from now on. TK comes out with TK. He says, uh, "Hey, you know, TK, Stan, Robin, Brian said do us a solid, so we're gonna do him a solid." No, I'm just comes out there. T- Tony hands him a clipboard and says, "He's your friend. Go for it." You know what I mean? And then Sammy Guevara gives a great, like, heartfelt shoot speech about how Fuego del Sol is like one in fifty-one in his last fifty-two matches, but it doesn't matter because the fans love him, and now he's officially. All elite. So, I mean, in a real short period of time, we got an emotional roller coaster. We got the, you know, the excitement of, wow, is Frego Del Sol going to win? To, oh, really feeling it because he just got crushed. To, oh, but it's okay. He's got a contract. And it was, uh, help me out, guys, maybe a five, ten minute segment? Mm, I don't know. Ten to fifteen, probably. Yeah. So, I mean, just a real fast-paced moment there. It's like, geez, that's pretty cool. And, I mean, it was legitimate. Like, it was a shoot, which made it all the more entertaining. Well, I mean, it's, you have to 
you have to, I guess, tear the audience down before you can give them the feel-good moment. Right, right. Which, I guess, is what they did. I felt like they did a very good job with it. You know, they they put you for the ride. They let you feel the highs of a a possible up, upset, and then you know tore you down, built you back up with, hey, we're gonna give him a contract, kind of like the whole uh, uh, Johnny Gargano thing from the Cruiserweight Classic, where it ends up him and Champa getting hired on at NXT. As we get to the main event, I was I was concerned because Red Velvet is a, is a great talent, very popular, and has gotten a lot of great attention with her work in a very short period of time. But going into Pittsburgh and being named the next <clears throat> challenger for Britt Baker, dude, that is a tough, tough task. Um, and she was she was game for a great matchup between her and Britt Baker. Um, I like the fact that they were willing to let Britt play play the good guy versus uh, Red Velvet switching it up, going after the injured wrist. Um, you know, I, Brian, I think you're the one that said it Friday night. How cool is it to watch just Britt Baker evolve? Well, I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, the, the, the mess that she was on that very first pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm to, uh, you know, flash forward uh, two and a half years, mm-hmm. roughly, <clears throat> to her being, you know, one of the hottest uh, female uh, talents out there. Um, you don't see that every day. No. And I think we can all safely say that we were all the ones saying, hey, you better be patient because this girl, we're telling you, in a year or so, she's going to be the face of this division. And I think we all said that at different points towards the beginning. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an example of what a good slow burn can be. Mm-hmm. You know, slow build, slow burn. Because we all said when they, she was one of the first ones, if not the first female besides Brandy that was hired, we all kind of said, oh, that, that, they're going to put the belt on her. Mm-hmm. You know? And when it first came around, no, they didn't. And then when it came around again, no, they didn't. You know, Because we all knew as wrestling fans, she wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the reason Chris Jericho was the champ from the beginning. You know, Chris Jericho was ready. You know, you had to build your company on the back of somebody who had the pedigree to do it to the mainstream U.S. audience. You know what I mean? And then you used Rio and Nyla Rose, and then when Britt Baker had finally gotten it, and she was the green was the the green was gone, the rust was gone. Look at what you got. Mm-hmm. You got a legit heel female that can run your company still has some work to do but hell of a lot better than she was and she's wildly popular yes Pittsburgh gave her a a great reception I mean she she was on Dynamite 
I mean, when Pittsburgh was just like, holy shit. Kind of like Chicago is going to be when somebody doesn't show up. I mean, depending on who you ask, he might show up on SmackDown. By the way, I don't think that'll be what he does. But if he did, I think that the wrestling world would go on its ear if that did happen. He's going to show up on uh, Lucha Underground. Of course, what we're what we're talking about is the the much rumored, the much talked about uh, appearance, supposed appearance of one CM Punk that. The first dance is coming up. We don't know. It's six. It's it's four days away, guys. Four days away. I can't believe we're that close to possibly seeing a historical moment. Um, I wanted to go ahead. Why and, would it be historical? I think CM Punk coming back after a seven-year layoff is just as historic as Christian or Edge's return. Or you. Okay, fair point, fair point. I am admittedly a mark for CM Punk, so I can't deny that. That'd be like me saying, oh, Shawn Michaels isn't a legend. Did you hear your voice crack there? I did. It was like a moment. It was emotional. I'm okay, though. Thank you for asking about me. I appreciate it. I can't wait for CM Punk to come back. I get get my clap. Talk amongst yourselves. Your voice cracked, and it also went up like six octaves. I'll give you a topic. What uh, what would you, what did you make of Jamie Hayter coming out to uh, become the I guess the backup that Britt Baker had been talking about? Brian, did did you get anything from that? Was that a, a moment for you? Mm-mm. I I didn't even remember her to begin with. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Rob, what did you think of it? I mean, this is gonna sound bad. He said that a lot tonight, hasn't he? It, her being her backup makes more sense than the girl with the crutch. Well, I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, she's got a presence to her. She's she's big. At first, there were people Didn't that say said... it was a good presence. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, way to way to correct that, Rob. That was good. Sometimes you just need a body in a spot. So there were people actually on Twitter that said they thought it was Becky Lynch. I did not and do not think that Jamie Hayter or Jamie Hayter looks anything like Becky Lynch, but I'm curious as to where they got that impression. Those people need to stop drinking and smoking the wacky weed and watch wrestling. It ain't legal everywhere, damn it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure about the whole Becky Lynch thing. I mean, I was puzzled who it was until they mentioned the name, but I don't think Becky Lynch ever crossed my mind. One thing I would identify for Rampage would be if you get an opportunity to watch AEW's pre-show and post-show, Alex Marvez and uh, here lately it's been Evil Uno uh, doing the post-show for Rampage and for Dynamite. They do a great job of just taking fan questions and responses. I wonder if, well, no, I don't wonder. I truly believe that this is where they're getting their, all right, here's the show. Let's do a post show, Facebook Live, and let's just get our fan responses. Let's make sure we're keeping our finger on the pulse of what we really want to, what people really want to see. And because I think that's what keeps their product fresh is they're just like, nope, we're going to constantly make sure that we're in touch with it. They don't, they don't lose sight of what's important. 
No, I I don't think it has. The fans' involvement comes from other things, and that's the key, right? So, in in the WWE, it all comes from one person mm-hmm. who has the power to veto mm-hmm. everything, and he does it all the time, right? You've heard the the tales of the rewrites. You've heard mm-hmm. the tales of here's your script, memorize it. You've heard the tales of you know how they lay out matches and you know you they don't wrestle like everybody else you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. they just don't it's one person and that person thinks he has his finger on the pulse but he doesn't Mm -hmm. whereas AEW, they want you to go be they want you to become a star they they let you become a star I mean, look at Fuego Del Sol, mm-hmm. right? Look at um, Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy. Uh, what's his name from the six-man match? Uh, Darius uh, Martin, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not stopping these people. And as long as you allow these people to be creative... I think they're going to give the fans what they want. It's not so much keeping the, the you know, their finger on the poles. It's, it, this is what they envision wrestling should be, right? And they've strung together so many great matches mm-hmm. that you buy in. You don't, I, I mean, I don't need for them to listen to the show. I don't need them to peruse my social media. I just need them to give me quality stuff. And I think at the end of the day, that's what keeps their fingers on the pulse. Because that's the main thing they've listened to. Mm-hmm. We want pro wrestling. We don't want sports entertainment. Right. Well, I mean, and if Rampage's debut is any indication of what to expect going forward, uh, they got <clears throat> two very solid mainstream network television shows that all they have to do is deliver on the same formula shouldn't be hard at all honestly well yeah but to me rampage is different okay rampage rampage almost reminds me of like dark matches on the main event level <laughs> you know what i'm saying not a lot of must not a lot of fuss they're mm-hmm. just wrestling matches right that's it they're just wrestling matches because you only have an hour mm-hmm so you have to squeeze it in there. Right. I, you know, I don't need, I know they did do some interviewing, but you know, again, I don't need a lot of interviewing. I don't, you know, they, they limit the interviews. They, they just put good, a good wrestling match or good in the case of Miro and Fuego del Sol, a good story in there. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Just let me enjoy the product. And what I, I, I mean, I, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say that I think with what they've done is they were also keeping their stories simple. Case in point, Frego does soul. Mm, I, I mean, for the most part, they keep it simple. 
I, I don't want to say they keep it dumbed down, but they're not convoluted. Like you had a, a, a girlfriend in high school that you went to prom with and she died and, oh, here's the casket. Jeez. Oh, and by the way, why don't you crawl up in there with her? Dude. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, now it's, oh, yeah. It took yeah. me a minute there, yeah. buddy. I was, you know, I've mentally blocked that out. So I don't need to be taken yeah. back down that road. <laughs> I mean, but, again, Fuego yeah. del Sol was, was so easy. You mm-hmm. win or you lose. Yep. You know, you win or lose. If you lose, you're not getting a contract. So the stakes were on the line, right? Everybody mm-hmm. bought into it. And then when he lost, there was a collective gasp, you know, but they still cheered the guy because somehow or another he's a fan favorite, mm-hmm. you know. And the whole while, Tony Khan and Sammy were like, hey, we're going to crush him, and then we're going to do what we were doing when we were putting this company together, but we're mm-hmm. going to do it on a national level because this is his moment. Let's give him his moment for the whole world to see. And by God, if they did, and I mean, it was a beautiful story, but it was so simple. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. And they built it. They built it really easily. They gave us, if you're paying attention on being the, being the elite, they gave us like three weeks or four weeks of, is Fuego going to get signed? And they joked about it. They joked about him getting a contract and Cody's like, no, I'm not signing him and all of those things. But at the same time, for two weeks in, two weeks up to this match, they start talking about how Fuego is, is working really hard and he's a stu- superstar for Sammy's vlog. And then we get to Friday and it's, if he wins, he can have his contract. So it was, the formula wasn't hard to follow. And I agree with you. It's not dumbed down. It's just simplified. And I think that's that's the way to look at it. Yeah. But it's like that for all the storylines. Mm-hmm. In... You know, because again, they, they, I think they took from New Japan Pro Wrestling, because again, that's where I, I, this type of storyline to me comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, ROH, Ring of Honor, that type of stuff. We just don't have a lot of time to dump into storylines. Mm-hmm. All right. You have quality wrestlers. Let's put the wrestling out there for the whole world to see. And so, in, you know, instead of a 15 minute promo mm-hmm. or a half hour segment, Huh, we're in. A, we're in. A, hey, uh, once he loses, take the contract out. Be done with it. Let's put the next match on there. I did get a little emotional though when I realized, holy shit, this is this is real. That was cool. Like you, you just you don't get a lot of moments like that anymore. Pure, you know, just like, hey, we're gonna do this. He doesn't know we're gonna do this, and it's because of how hard he's worked. Like, that was just an awesome feel. And even, you know, realizing that was just like, oh, wow. that They're willing to do that, which is um, it, it's different from what we're used to, put it that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, and again, it didn't really hit me like, oh, this is real, until they show him and his face is so contorted. Right, like, right. You know, all for the emotion. And you're like, holy shit, this is real. Mm-hmm. Good for you. So, yeah, I'm still not a fan. But not a fan of Fuego del Sol. <laughs> I mean, he is what he is. But Fuego, you know. Fuego. 
I'm not going to take anything from him, but, you know. It's Dustin's son. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It doesn't mean I have to like him. Yes, you do. If you don't like him, you're you're not part of the fandom. <laughs> I'm calling TK. Fan. <laughs> Tony, he doesn't like him. <laughs> you don't like him, you're just a bobway. <laughs> so hey, with uh, Rampage, their debut, 740,000 viewers with a .3 rating in their uh, key demo. Now, I don't know a whole lot about the demographic. I, I only know a little bit, but I know that the total viewers is a big deal because competi- competitively, who they were in competition with, yeah, that's the NFL, two different preseason games. 740,000 at 10 o'clock at night on a Friday. Yeah, that's nothing to sneeze at. That's a big deal. That's beating NXT. Yeah, I love that for lockup. <laughs> and they were number three. It yeah. was a number three program. So that's a that's a hell of a debut. You know, congratulations to them yet again for putting together. I mean, they just build it well. They know how to advertise it. They know how to provide an option for fans. And they do, what they do well is they don't hide from anything. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but during commentary on Rampage, I want to say it was during the main event, Jericho talks about his time in WWE. A lot of companies would not even want to mention other companies. But they have, like, no fear of it. They're like, all right, well, as long as we're not burying them, yeah, we'll mention them. Because they just do it. They just go out there. They feel what's going to be, what's going to work in the moment. And they do it. To your point, Brian, they allow these people to be creative, to be expressive. Yeah. But so if Jericho mentions where he used to work, mm-hmm. right, He that should be okay, right? To be that's not... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anything out of the ordinary, right? Right. Uh, but this is what the other company has the biggest problem with. Because they don't care what you did, where right. you did it, or how you did it. You know, if you're not born and bred WWE, there's a stigma to you. Right, right. right. If you're not, If you're not carrying the narrative they want you to have, if you're not doing what they created you to do then they don't want any part of it that's very true yeah um and and i just i you know again it's it's they just they don't hide they don't care right honestly i don't think they i don't think they give rats butt that you that what can you say 70 percent of the rest was from the wwe <laughs> and they all failed in some kind of major sport yeah, they all, in all major sports that's why they're pro wrestlers because they can't play major sport oh my god <laughs> uh but I, I just don't think they care right to them it's not a big deal so what you work in the wwe who cares I want I want this Kenny Omega by the way when he's a good guy like I want him to be a good guy get cheered and be this Kenny Omega to be this just not cocky, but like almost aloof when he does these segments, because he's hilarious. And I don't, I don't remember ever seeing him be this funny before. I know that he was good as the cleaner, but this is just like a whole other level. I think he, yeah, I, but I don't know. he impressed. Me. It's I think it's two different types of characters. 
Mm-hmm. I think he, you know, the BTE Kenny Omega is probably more him. Mm-hmm. But the one you see on TV with the titles is more the this is what you should be doing type thing. Right. I just feel like he's he's hit his stride at a really really good time for the company, and I think to your point from earlier, they're they're getting him ready for a bigger thing. What that is, I don't know because this you, you don't get much bigger. At least I didn't think you could get much bigger than the Adam Page storyline. But as things continue to unfold and change in this in this wonderful crazy ass world of wrestling, I mean, who knows? Well, I mean, I think it's coming. It's just a matter of when. When, when. and who, right? Oh, no, I think the who's are already. I think the who's are well established. It's just a matter of when, mm-hmm. right? So, Buddy Murphy should probably be next. Well, oh, I'll take God. it back. I'll take it back. Friday might be next. I don't want to say his name. Why? I know. I, I want to laugh. I want to be. I want to. You want to be the I guy that keep, says, "Ha ha, Stan, it didn't happen." Yeah, I, I want to be the guy like I was when Brock beat the Undertaker, and everybody was so shocked, and I just want to laugh. <laughs> I wasn't shocked. I just thought it was bad. It was bad TV. Was like, oh, yeah, you gross. were shocked. Oh, you can't. You can't. You can't take history. Ah, it was funny. You're I want to be that guy again. You're funny. But anyway, so you have Buddy Murphy, presumably, in the wings. CM Punk, Daniel Bryan. Oh, he said the name. He said the name. Which may bring Braun Strowman and a few others. And I think Braun Strowman will go back to the E. Yeah, I kind of think so. I don't think so. I don't think think so, honestly. The question is why. Why would you want to? Uh, well, the question that AEW is going to have is they keep bringing these people in. They're going to have the same thing. Yeah, but again, we have they have programming four nights a week, and they have effectively found a way to get their talent on TV. Whether it's YouTube or, you know, uh, Wednesday, Friday. Friday, I'm sure, is going to go to two hours and get a better time slot, especially if the numbers keep up. Let them hit. Uh, you know, next week they're going to hit a million, if not more. If they do this right, I think they could hit a million, a million five. And I think the reason they haven't dropped anyone's name purposely is because they want to see if they can build enough buzz to make it happen without having to say his name. Which is kind of crazy so it, and smart all at the same time. Yeah, but you don't have to. Everybody else is saying it now. No, the I know NFL. that. Yeah, the NFL on <laughs> yeah. Fox. Yeah, during the Chicago Bears dropped game, his yeah. name. Yeah, and the show. Mm-hmm. Do you not think Fox didn't call him up and be like, uh, "What are you doing?" <laughs> well, that that's to your point. You know, you know how Sonny was like, "Ah, what if he's going to WWE?" Apparently, when Fox caught wind of him not going to WWE, they um, there were a lot of calls made. We'll put it that way. A lot of people upset about him not going back, quote-unquote, home. Which, I say home only because that's what some people have tweeted, but I don't think it's home for him. Home for him would be more like Ring of Honor. But, I mean, 
even if he were to go back, right, mm-hmm. it's still a big deal. Right? Definitely. But I think there's been enough people that have escaped that place. The asylum. And the word is out. Yeah, <laughs> the prison the video promo out. coming up next. <laughs> By the way, I mean, Brian. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I mean, you now have viable places to go outside of the E. So you mentioned Braun Strowman. You know how I always complain about six or seven V-triggers in a row during matches? No, 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 no. Let, let Kenny Omega hit him with at least eight. I'll be done. I'll be good with that. I don't want to see Braun Strowman. I'm not a fan. Nope, I'll pass. Yeah, but you, you have to look at how he'd be used. If he comes with Bray or... You know, whatever whatever his character would be now mm-hmm. um, could be different. They could go to New Japan for a while. You know, that I would like they, to see. I mean, it, this is the first time since when did WCW fold? Two thousand one, right? So this is like the first time in twenty years there are legit other places to go. And still be able to get your your product out there. I feel like with with certain people, yeah, there's there's a huge amount of doors open. Um, I think with other people, perhaps not. It all depends on who they are. Like I think Buddy Buddy Murphy could easily go wherever he wants. I think that Braun. Uh, actually, I'd be intrigued to see Braun in New Japan. That would be interesting. I don't think he – it's just my opinion, but I don't think he really plays a role much more of a – outside of maybe like a – kind of like Wardlow does right now in AEW. Now, doesn't mean he changes or doesn't change or whatever. doesn't mean he doesn't go through some kind of a transformation. All these guys are reinventing themselves so much. But I just don't possibly – I don't really think that he would play a good role there. I just feel like he would be just another guy. still hard to say on that though i mean when you look at it so many guys get picked up like they could all be just another guy but they do manage to find a way sure because where they came from they were just Mm -hmm. another guy yeah yeah that's true so speaking of where they came from there's an interview from anthony henry formerly known as asher hale of nxt he was amongst the 13 people who were removed from NXT, who were released. Uh, he did an interview with uh, Inside the Ropes and basically stated, uh, I do think that morale is impacted just with it uh, being a case of like names being released and we would have never thought these folks would have been released. And he's also stated that uh, nobody feels safe. I don't think you know, and I wouldn't say it necessarily affects their performances, but their mental state and just the overall feeling of the locker room I would say is impacted. That's a pretty profound statement for a guy that was only in NXT maybe six months. Of course, morale is affected. People are losing their jobs. And people that have like bona fide spots are losing their spots. Mm-hmm. 
You know, well, so obviously, I mean, it's shown that, you know, it's kind of like any other career. You know, you feel like, all right, if you're in a certain spot, you're kind of guaranteed not to have to worry about losing your job. Mm-hmm. But because every year when they release people, it's usually the people that aren't on TV. It's usually the people that are, you know, um, not being used or have issues or injured. But this is showing you they're getting rid of anybody. I mean, you had people just fighting for the world title, and now they now they ain't got a job. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously, morale would be in the shitter. <laughs> because it's like, oh, shit. Even people that are on injured reserve that are out on injury are getting called saying, hey, guess what? You're, you're, you're gone. Now, this past Saturday was also Triple Mania, and Andrade was to challenge... Kenny Omega for the AAA title. We'll talk about that matchup in a moment, but the couple things to point out leading into that is, one, someone was backstage for him that uh, was supposed to be at a house show in Charlotte, North Carolina, and that would be Charlotte Flair. So she wasn't there. That same show, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair both announced to, due to unforeseen circumstances, not being able to appear, there is a lot of rumor, no no fact, only speculation right now that Sasha and Bianca will not take place um, at SummerSlam. So heading into Triple Mania, there's this interview, this main star who was advertised that doesn't show, and now two of their main main women stars heading into their big match on SummerSlam not showing up. I mean, it's just one thing after another just stacking up. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, um, I don't really like speculation, you know, like there could be something wrong with Sasha or Bianca we're just not aware of. Uh, that's, that's not really the direction I wanted to go. I I mean, yeah, there's rumors out there. You can find them, but. My, my identification there was just more along the lines of they just weren't, weren't at the show they were booked for. Were you going with the, the fact that in consecutive days, three of the main women no-showed? It does stand out. Were you maybe wanting some dialogue and let us down the wrong path? Are you trying sure to trap us into saying something? You're trying to trap us into saying something. Trap you? No. You can't be trapped. You're the untrappable. Unflappable. Can't trap you. But have you noticed since they, since Ric Flair's been released? Uh-huh. How much peddling he's doing now? You know, like, before it was kind of like Car Shield, and he had a little bit of this and that. Now it's like... He's doing promos on his Instagram page of like, come, spend time with me in my house. I'll give you a tour. Come see me. You know, it's like, he's like, you know why I wanted to be released from the WWE? It's because I wanted to go out and do shit. I think he got tired of being locked into agreements where he couldn't be free to do things outside of what the company approved. And I think that's been the going story for a lot of people. Not necessarily that they you know, hated it there, but... Look at a guy like uh, 
Look at a guy like Tyler Breeze. Okay, yeah, Tyler Breeze may not be uh, main eventer of WrestleMania or All Out or whatever in the next two years, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't have a role that he can play. What he wanted to do was to be able to do his Twitch stream, to be able to do something creative with people that have been released and no longer work there and not have to worry about somebody looking over his shoulder going, uh-uh, you can't do that. He's not a WWE guy or uh-uh, you can't do that because, you know, that's an AEW talent. You know, the, he's one of those examples of people that have just started to say, uh, I need to find other projects and do other things. And I think Ric Flair probably had a lot of things lined up um, where as soon as they release him, he's like, yeah, green light, let's do it all. Because, you know, he's finally free to do creatively what he wants to do. Uh, but if you've read his book, like if you read his second book, the him and the Charlotte, his and Charlotte book, mm-hmm. he has fallen in a footstep of exactly what he did last time. You know, like he asked for his release, got released because he didn't like the Legends deal, wanted to go do his own thing, you know? Yeah. And he ended up in a few years wrestling Hogan in Europe for money. <laughs> I mean, but hey, he gets himself in trouble financially quite him, a bit. I'm sorry, I just totally talked over you. I apologize. Oh, it's fine. I talk over you all, all the time. I was saying, like, if you can get paid as much as that to go on an old fart tour, go ahead. I feel like he's got, he still has some to offer. I mean, in Triple Mania, he comes to the ring with with uh, Andrade and uh, we were we were joking about it earlier as BTE was where the the Bucks are talking to Kenny about how you're supposed to you're supposed to drop the title to Andrade on Saturday that's what Flair says he's like did Charlotte say that did Charlotte you know so it was a great lead-in and of course I have no idea when they filmed that I wonder if they filmed it like Saturday evening or something I don't know did the Bucks work at Triple Mania? I don't think so. I think it was just Kenny. I don't even know if they go there. I don't think I've ever seen them there. I mean, they may go watch the shows, but I don't know if they've ever shown up. It was the, the the segment they filmed for it where they're talking about him dropping the title. I mean, I guess it was all maybe it was all just post rampage. And they were just feeding into it because of the rumors. But either way, it made for entertaining TV is, is all I was really identifying there. Um, but a great matchup between Kenny Omega and Andrade at Triple Mania. It was about 35, 40 minutes long. Is As of this afternoon, it was still available on YouTube. And it's one of the top. Yeah, it's, it's 30, 34 minutes, 36 seconds long. Um, great, great opportunity to see, to see what it looks like when Andrade and Omega are really able to just lay it all out there. Plus, I mean, it gives you the, the moment to, to watch Ric Flair <laughs> and, and see his interaction with Conan and just a lot of fun in that matchup too. A lot of people were talking about just how cool it was to see. And here we are in, as they say, 2021 being able to, to witness this type of, uh, oddity, I guess, or spectacle I mean I've always said that Ric Flair missed the they kind of missed the thing with not allowing him to be that ultimate heel manager like they did Bobby the Brain Mm -hmm. 
you know? Like, when his wrestling career had moved on, like, he would have been an amazing... He was a little bit with, what was that? Uh, Evolution. Um, But, like, just truly grasped the whole, like, heel manager, have his stable. Like, he is the dirtiest player in the game. Still is. Uh, we will be uh, linking the, the matchup between Andrade and Omega on the website. As long as it's available through YouTube, we'll go ahead and link it up there. If it becomes not available, then obviously it's going to get pulled. But um, for the moment, we'll put it up on the site and let everybody take a look at it. But it's definitely a good match worth your time. Says you. Hmm. What did you think of it? I watched it. Aha! So says me is right. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, I will sometime this week. Looks like uh, emergence. Was that an Impact Plus pay per view? Is that what that was supposed to be? Uh, I was. Yeah, that sounds about right. I don't know if there's. I don't know for. I don't. Know, that's definitely not a main one. Yeah, I've, never I know, heard I've of been that getting name. the main ones. So. Yeah. Uh, looks like there's uh, results sprinkling about about that. So either avoid them if you're going to watch it, or be aware that they're floating out there and nobody is posting. You know the little uh, hashtag spoiler warning before they post it out there. It's just all out there, all over YouTube and Twitter and Facebook right now. So be aware. Uh, so hey, when we were last together last week. Rob, you brought up Dream Booking. You said, any era, any promotion, pick your top three. One of us picks the match. The other two gets an opportunity to book or decide the finish. Gentlemen, have you prepared a matchup? I have. Uh, you don't have enough time? We're gonna do. Three? We're going to do the first one. And we'll describe the uh, the layout and the finishes there, and then we will carry over the other two in the next week. So, so Rob, you've got a matchup you've prepared. Yes. What matchup did you select, sir? The Road Warriors versus the Good Brothers. Ooh. The Road Warriors versus the Good Brothers. Okay, so... Actually, can I change it? Never mind. All right, I got another one for next week. Okay, let's go with the Good Brothers and and the Road Warriors. Okay, so... uh, Brian, help me me lay this out here. Is this going to be... Help me, help me, help me, help you. Yeah, help (laughs) me, help you. Uh, Do we need to to identify the time frame, like the, the era that we're looking at this from? Like... 2016 Good Brothers versus 87 Road Warriors, or? I mean, I think you'd have to. I mean, you couldn't do. I mean, well, I guess you could do, but. Um, I guess you'd say take them at their top. Okay. Yeah, I'd say 86 Road Warriors. You know, 
86, 87 era. Mm -hmm. And Good Brothers, I would do just before they went to WWE. New right off their New Japan stint in the WWE. Okay. For context, the Good Brothers in New Japan, IWGP Tag Team Champions multiple times, founding members of the Bullet Club. Um, Only one of them. Uh, Carl Anderson, founding member, correct? Yes. Um, just tremendous matchups with... Uh, you name it, Suzuki Gun, The Kingdom, um, Hiro Hiroki Goto, and Katsuri Shibata, just to name a few. Not to mention the fact that they actually defeated the Killer Elite Squad, Davy Boy Smith Jr. and Lance Archer. So, the presence that this tag team brings into this matchup is insane. Not to mention the fact that just two, well, as they say, good brothers. 1986, the Road Warriors, dominant in the AWA, in Japan becoming a, a force amongst themselves, winning the, the NWA International Tag Titles from Jumbo, Saruta, and Genrico Tenru, also winning the New Japan Tag Titles. Um, Crockett Promotions, where they are beating literally everybody within an inch of their lives. I mean, they're beating, beating up uh, Sting. In the, for the six-man championships, they put a, a, a spike to Dusty Rhodes' eye. They beat... Oh, I remember that. <laughs> they beat the Powers of Pain in a series of scaffold matches. Um, and there's, there's just all of these different things. So, Brian, how do we get... How do we build to this matchup? Where, where would you first pull the Good Brothers into this scenario? What do you mean? Like what error? Or how so, do we get? Yeah, how do we get? How do here? we get them? Yeah, how do we get them there? I mean, I think you probably could do, uh, you know, company versus company type thing. Since they, you know, they're not, they're not. The Good Brothers at that height would have been more of an international. Uh, the Road Warriors were just worldly. So I guess you'd probably have to do some type of company versus company thing. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think back then you would have seen AWA or Crockett Promotions against New Japan. Well, I mean, well, back, yeah, in the back day, then you had... NWA did work with... Mm-hmm. There. I don't. I don't think it was New Japan. But it was uh, somebody. So again, company, 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 super show type setting, champion versus champion. I think is how we could easily put them together. Rob, from the Road Warriors' perspective, they have created a path of dominance. This is going to be their first major roadblock. Well, I think that they have run roughshod over everyone they've seen, you know, and it comes to a point of the old story of, you know, they come out and they say, because this is back when they weren't good guys and they weren't bad guys. They just kicked people's asses mm -hmm. and, you know, they just come out and say there's no one left. 
What else you got? That's when they hit the music for the Good Brothers. We heard you want to fight. You know. <laughs> yeah, to me, I can I can see Gallows and Anderson coming down to the ring. I can hear I can hear Gallows on the mic talking about how, you know, they may be, they may think they're as big as they are. But the Good Brothers really are as big as they are, or something to that effect. I could actually see that in building up to this dream matchup. Um, hey, what, what if any stipulation would you put attached to this? Is this just a straight up tag match? Is it two out of three falls? All right. Mm, there wouldn't be no stipulation. Straight up tag. It would just be a straight up tag. I mean, there's no build-up for a steel cage or a war games or something like that, but mm-hmm. holy shit if there was. <laughs> well, and that's where, that's where super cards like this can lead into potential big money matches down the road. So you have to be able to set it up where, okay, you got to give everybody what they've paid to see a super card event like this. I mean, at this point... If we're looking at both in their peak, neither team is going to have a problem with putting one one or the other over, correct? I don't think so. I mean, if you think about it, back in the day, in the prime, the Road Warriors were used to being in a territory for a little bit yeah. and then gone. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just the way their MO was. They weren't. They'll even tell you in all their, they, you watch the interviews, you know, they said, we built ourselves early on as the team that just didn't hang around. Because what are you going to do with us? You know? And so they go from town to town, and then once they kind of beat everybody up, they leave. <laughs> Brian, how long does a match like this go between these two? Unfortunately, I think it's pretty short. I, I I think you're right. I think this match is a, it's a four-minute, five-minute brawl. And it's going to be whoever gets to gets to the high spot for who, whoever gets to the finish first. If, if you look at it from the perspective of if Carl Anderson can be fast enough, as he usually is, to deliver some high-impact kicks, if Gallows can get in there and, and subdue Hawk and keep him away from Animal... That's ultimately going to be the key. That's where that's where he really shines, and they can maybe hit the boot of doom and catch a surprise surprise win. At the same time, Hawk was actually pretty pretty wild back in the day, and one tough son of a bitch. If he and Animal decide they're going to turn it up and do what they did back in '86, they could just say screw it, screw the rules. We're going to brawl, and I think it's Legion of Doom all day. I mean, I don't think the Good Brothers get close. Honestly. Especially from the Road Warriors from that era. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a tag team that will, I mean, live on forever. As long as there's pro wrestling, you're going to know who the Road Warriors are. Right. Once Gallows and once Gallows and Anderson are done, eh, a generation out, you'll never remember who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Road Warriors were that a millennial tag team. I think they just simply go in there and wreck 
good brothers in short fashion. Legend, I, don't, I only have one legendary strength. That's my exciting news. Well, there you go. Oh, sure. Go ahead, Rob. They, they snacked on danger and they dined on death. So. And they break oh, the magic killer in half. Is what I'm figuring. I think five minutes is, is maybe even generous for the amount of time it takes. I think they. Uh, I think Brian's got a point. I think when you look at the Good Brothers as dominant as they were in Japan, and they definitely were, um, the Road Warriors were just like four levels above it um, as far as just power and, and intimidation. So yeah, short matchup. I think the Road Warriors take it in uh, in stride, so to speak. Nice pick for the first round there, Rob. Hey. I got another good one, I think. All right. Well, Brian's got one. I know you do, Next right? Week. Yeah, yeah. Bring it. What you got for us? Uh, so I want the excellence of execution. Okay. At the highlight of his... WWE singles run when he was the champ. Okay. And I want him to take on the enforcer, Arn Anderson. Ooh. When Arn was the television champ. And we're playing by TV title rules. Okay. Ten minutes. And Brett's got to beat Arn. Ooh. I don't think Brett does. Wow. Okay, one, I love this matchup because yeah. who was better at TV t- TV title matches than Arn Anderson? Really? I mean, he was the reason you watched those matches because you wanted to see just how the hell does this guy go and does he get out of, you know, staying champion? And he always found a way. Oh, he... he- he was the he was the epitome of playing the rules to his favor. Mm-hmm. You know, because all he had to do was survive. What is the Because he brought that finesse from the from the four horsemen in of mm-hmm. you know I don't have to beat you, you have to beat me. And how many times did somebody have him against the ropes, and you heard Tony Schiavone say? We gotta go. Or you heard the announcer count down five. You know. So good pick, Brian. Hmm. I mean, I think it's a hard hitting match from start to finish because I don't think either one of them lays holds back. I think they both lay it in there hard and stiff. And I think it's gonna be submission. It's gonna be hold after hold. You know, it's not going to be high spots. It's going to be the sharpshooter, the slingshot, the spine buster, the headlock. You know, it's going to be like punches. <laughs> I think with you, when you look at Arn Anderson in 1989, yeah, he's three three TV title reigns that Arn has throughout his career. In his first reign, he holds it for five months, and that's where the TV title rules start to really play out. And we see, I mean, everybody, everybody he took on just get just, the Z-Man, Tom Zank, doesn't have a reputation 
unless Arn Anderson allows him to go the distance. Brian Pillman doesn't get that kind of, well, maybe he does later on, but if Arn Anderson doesn't let him go the distance. And the fact is, if you really look at it, 10 minutes is not a long time. Bret Hart coming out of the gate, coming out of the blocks, um, he's not known for a fast finish. As a matter of fact, Bret Hart takes a hell of a pounding in the first 10 minutes of most of his matches and then plays plays well when he comes back. In 1997, he spent a good majority of the time coming back because he was the bad guy. So he'd take a pounding and take a pounding and then ultimately have to fight his way back. One of the things that he had to his credit back in 97 was a move that he starts delving out just to uh, increase the punishment, which is the figure four on the ring post. Now, in 1989, I don't know what Arn Anderson's legs condition were, but a figure four around the ring post back in 89 at the height of his reign, that could be debilitating to anybody. Mm. Yeah, I mean, but then the the, the thing you got to remember is Bret Hart can get you in the figure four around the ring post, but you got to beat Iron in the ring. Here's my thought. I think that... When you go into a matchup like this, it's Brett would, if we take Brett from 97 and transplant him into 1989, so singles superstar Brett Hart in 1997, and I think that's the height of his heel work, Brian. Would that be appropriate, or do you think we need to look at a different time? While he was just... The world champ is a single, he was yep. the best of the best. Yep. I'm not looking for, uh, like, years, uh, again, for me to try and, uh, you know, when he's the world champ mm-hmm. in the singles capacity, that's, to me, that's when he's on top of the world. Well, I'm I'm, I'm glad you say that, because... WWE, you... not... Yeah, if you go to 1991 where he beats Ric Flair, excuse me, 92 where he beats Ric Flair for the world title, I think Brett is the best wrestler in the world, period, at that time. Like, there's nobody better. And if we're looking at it from that perspective, yeah, I honestly, I think he beats Arn Anderson. Because at that time, you could not touch Bret Hart. When he first became champion, he was damn near unstoppable, and he was fast. He was very fast. That's before he had any knee injuries. That's before he really had any major hindrances. And also before he had to deal with the likes of Shawn Michaels getting in his head. So if it's Bret Hart from that age, if I can pick any, I'd take Bret Hart from like 91, 92, whenever it was that he beat Flair. And I think, yeah, I think he beats Arn Anderson via submission. Now, I think he gets it to 9 minutes and 30 seconds. I think Arn Anderson is always up to the task. But I think if we're looking at it from that perspective, that's who wins. I think Brett does it. Oh. I was going to go the opposite because I agree with what you all said earlier. Brett has been – he's all – Brett's always a slow builder. hmm You know? And the TV title match does not play into the hands of the slow build. Right. You know, it's got to be – got to come in and get what you need – do what you need to do and get out. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think Iron takes it because I think Iron takes it because Iron plays the mind games on Brett and gets Brett frustrated early on, mm-hmm. and then it's like ah, and then when Brett finally gets his wits about him and gets in it, 
and gets to the point of like he's going to do it. Time's up. Bell rings. Mm. Now, next week on TNT. 89. Arn's in the Horseman in 89, right? Arn, I mean, Arn was in the Horseman like 86. When yeah. was he not in the Horseman, okay? Well, what I'm, what I'm getting at is that if Arn's in the Horseman, which at this point he is, uh, Brett maybe doesn't. <laughs> because if JJ's at ringside, um, that that's a lot of issues. I keep damn. I keep going back and forth because that's a really good. That's a solid matchup. Okay, yeah, but so let's just just take the. I mean, we're just talking uh, to make it easier for you. Just one on one. How about that? No outside interference? Yeah. No outside interference. If it's no outside interference, if it's just a straight-up contest, yeah, I'd, I'd say Brett. I disagree. Mm. But that's now, the greatness of our show is you can disagree. Now, if it's two out of three falls? Mm-mm. That's not TV no? title rule. That's okay. not a TV title rule. Well, then I guess Brett Hart's our new television champion. Rob says no. Uh, I'm with Rob in this. Wow. Okay. Play it out for me, Brian. Tell me how it goes. So, the way this is, for me, the way this works is just kind of like what Rob says. It starts slow. There's a lot of wear down holes. Because, again, Arn is trying to last 10 minutes, so he's going to try and slow it down as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Along about five or six minutes, um, uh, yeah, your years are a little off, too, maybe. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so... Only about five or six minutes, Brett's going to realize, oh crap, I'm running out of time. He's going to pick up the pace. Mm-hmm. Arn is built different back then, right? He's oh, like yeah. a tank. Definitely. He's a totally different yeah. breed of animal at this point. Yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure Brett's going to then turn, and Arn's going to get the beat. And about 9.30 is when Brett really is going to realize, you know, oh, crap. It's it's time to go. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get that, you know, oh, 10 seconds or 20, you know, 30 seconds left in the match. Then you're going to get a 20 seconds. Then you're going to get a 15. Then you're going to get a 10. And about that time, he puts him in the sharpshooter. Well, what he doesn't realize is Arn is rolled up under the bottom rope. There's a part of Arn under the bottom rope. And as that time limit ticks down to zero, the ref will pat him on the back. Brett will think he's won. And that's when he'll throw the hand down and he'll put up Arn. Mm. Nice little classic Crockett promotions ending there. I like that. Uh, I mean, because again, Brett's your world champ, right? Mm-hmm. The TV, the TV title, which is where I thought the interest was. Um, you wouldn't put that on your world champ. 
but you would elevate your your TV channel. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I mean, so it's, I, it's a survival thing. Yeah, ten. I think Arn could have gone ten with anybody and survived ten back mm-hmm. in the day. So. I like it. I like it. Really cool. Uh, all right. Oh, you don't have one, do you? I do, actually. I do. I do. My matchup is pretty CM straightforward. Punk versus Shawn Michaels. No, but it does involve Shawn Michaels. I would like to have Shawn seen. Michaels versus Shawn Michaels. I would want to see Shawn Michaels against Kenny Omega, both at their peaks. Now. I'm not saying it has to be one way or the other, but my thought process is if you got the two of the best to ever lace them up. Yeah, um, but you you don't know. No, 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 no. You got to wait till me and Rob Okay, go, go for it. Before you get your say so. Okay, okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. You got to hold your, hold your tongue, boy. Hold, hold it. Hold it. What do you think there, Rob? Shawn Michaels versus Kenny Omega. Both at their primes, so I guess I, I, I couldn't do both. I'd have to go cleaner, Kenny Omega. Well, I think you'd have to go Kenny Omega before AEW. Yeah, New Japan Kenny Omega. And I think you'd have to go Shawn Michaels before Lazy Eye. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I would say Shawn Michaels probably about the time he was the world champ. You know, or I would actually say Intercontinental Champ. I think he was a higher, better Intercontinental Champ. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, damn, that's a good one. I mean, but I'd still figure. I'm gonna say about 15 minutes. No, I'll give it 20 minutes. Twenty minutes, and Kenny Omega takes it with a feature. And then, so then he then he separates his eyeballs. <laughs> I was gonna say yes. a V trigger will do it. <laughs> and and there's the where the hair kind of the skid mark of the hair thing comes. So he starts. <laughs> 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 Knocked his eye funky and and knocked the hair out of his head. Damn. I mean, I would say that 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 was a tough one because of the fact that, like, you got two, you know, two formidable talents of, like, you know. What do you think, Brian? Mm. I, don't, I, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could pick a winner, but I do think it would become probably one of those matches that rivals Steamboat and Macho Man. As far as you'll never forget it, but I do think if we take New Japan. We take New Japan Pro Wrestling versus IC Champ Shawn Michaels. We're just we're just having a good old fashioned wrestling match. No managers, no outside interference. 
I think Rob might be right. I think Kenny blast him with one too many uh, V-triggers and gets him in the one-winged angel and gets the win. I do think it goes for an hour, though. I was going to say that if we book it past this, it ends up in the first ever Hell in the Cell. Or it ends up being in the cell. Like, I feel like this is a match that could be a rivalry that goes the different, you know, you know, it goes into this type of match and it goes in this type of match. And, oh, well, now it's going to be in the cell. You know, especially if you bring in, like, say you do allow outside interference and you bring in the Bullet Club and then you bring in, you know, Shawn Michaels and, you know, he'll have Razor or Diesel, you know, and, and this pack, this and that. So, pretty neat. Good one. So far, mine's looking like the loser. Thanks a lot, guy. It's not about winning and losing. I think, I think it, yours is intriguing. I think yours is, it presents like a, wow, could this happen kind of thing? And then how would it play out? And I think the reason it was just such a, a quick, finish is because when you when you look at the both teams it's ultimately about what what team is going to be the one that just says you know what screw you we're we're leaving the victor <laughs> i don't i i just see that the road warriors were more cutthroat back then well the road warriors never had a long match oh that's also know? true <laughs> that's also really y'all's, true and i mean y'all's are finesse and y'all both of y'all's were good I got a good one for next week, I think. So. Well, yeah, but Stan hasn't gone. I got to hear how this plays out. Is it? So, uh, so it's called Shawn Michaels comes out and Tombstone Shawn Michaels with oh with the help of Shawn Michaels. So when I envisioned this matchup, I envisioned it '96 Shawn Michaels, so WrestleMania 12 Shawn Michaels versus Kenny Omega 2019, fresh off beating Okada. And I look at it as you're a true best of the best type situation to see who really would be the best. I happen to agree that Kenny Omega would most likely take the victory because I think after an hour, Kenny Omega probably had more in the tank than Shawn Michaels after an hour. I think if you look at it from a match perspective, I agree. I think it would rival, if not surpass, uh, Steamboat and Savage because of the amount of interaction between the two. I think Kenny Omega is a perfect example of a wrestler that you could take from this age and put him in the attitude era in the new generation era, or even in the eighties. And he'd have done well just by the way that he performs as long as he didn't have a microphone back then. I feel like now he's improving with the mic, but I just don't see it from that era. Um, I think that if it's, an hour-long match, it could even be a Broadway and nobody wins. And it's still considered to be one of the best matches of our age. Just based off of the fact that these two guys were literally able to do anything. Sean back then could wrestle luchador style. He could wrestle. He could brawl. He could, you know, he was a great tag wrestler. Kenny Omega, I mean, it, it speaks volumes. Technically, he was sound at all points and times. Uh, he could he could brawl a little bit. Um he had a little bit of a high-flying technique to him. Back in 2019, it was all about his technical skill, though. And I think once he gets a hold of Shawn Michaels is when he kind of keeps control. And I honestly, from <laughs> from a, a, a dream booking standpoint, I don't think there's a quote-unquote loser of the match, but I think Kenny Omega would win. 
It's kind of interesting. I would have never thought you went there. I had a hard time going. It's it's a tough deal because like when you really think about it, it, it in a in a dream booking perspective, it's what are the fans going to expect, right? Well, you know, if, depending on what era you're writing for, if you're writing for today's era, what Omega gets fifteen minutes in a in a V trigger and it's done versus if you're 2019 to where Okada and Omega were having, weren't all of their matches like an hour that year? They were long. Yeah. Yeah, but so, I don't I don't even think if, if you brought them to today, mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily, that's not a 15-minute match. There is no way uh, a booker would just go 15 with them. No I would feel like there. it's wasted potential if I did. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. That 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 would just be the stupidest booking ever. I like the oh yeah, we got this, and we're gonna go fifteen minutes. Well, no, no, we're not. We're gonna go an hour, and everybody's gonna eat it up. But if you go long form with it, if you really go long form, you could do a lot of different things. Um. I like Rob's idea. If you stretch it out into different stipulations, like one week or one month, it's what if we did a ladder match? One one month, it's an Iron Man match. One month, it's and I think they would because both of them work so well and and understand their, the willingness to kind of sacrifice for the opponent. I think. I mean, you could probably do just about any stipulation you wanted, and they'd make it look tremendous. Except maybe a submission match. I don't want to see them in a submission match. <laughs> that would not be I good. Do either of them have a submission? Doesn't Sean have a like a sleeper? Uh, Sean did, did the crossface at one point. Uh, he may have did a sleeper. Does Omega do one? I don't think so. Maybe the arm bar? Arm bar! <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. No. <laughs> that, uh, I don't know. That's a fun first round of uh, dream matches, fantasy booking. Uh, I like how we started that. Nice job, guys. Nice. Well, next week we're not covering the Rampage. Let's just do two and three. Oh, wow. We're skipping Rampage next week? Really? Yeah, I'm, we're not giving you the satisfaction of oh, I'll, I will go. reminiscing about CM Punk. I will start unless, in unless, with cult of personality. <laughs> yeah, unless unless it uh, turns out hanky, then I want you to start talking laugh at you. <laughs> I thought it was going to finally happen. They got me again. <laughs> hey, watch heels. Drink your Ovaltine. Bye. Oh, God, that'd be hilarious. Hey, I just wanted to say, come watch my show. Have a great night. <laughs> he just leaves. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> You know, right you know what you do right here? A yeah, heel turn. Oh. Only on stars. Ah! <laughs> That's awful. Don't do it. No. No. <laughs> All right. So, hey, next week is SummerSlam on Saturday. We've got Rampage on Friday. NXT TakeOver on Sunday. Sheesh. Not to mention the fact that... Dynamite. This... Impact. Yeah. NXT. Raw. Well, we're all still right. Anything on roll, by the way? 
didn't even touch it. This week, so far, uh, Karrion Cross beat Jeff Hardy. <laughs> Yay, a rematch! Uh, and we got confirmed for SummerSlam, Randy Orton and Riddle, RK-Bro, challenging AJ and Amos. And Cena came out. So that, that was last week. Never mind. <laughs> I will say Cena's little back and forth with Roman, I think they had high hopes for it. I don't think it really, you know, measured up. It wasn't so high. Well, the problem is every time they put – they should have learned by now. You cannot put an open mic with John Cena and Roman together because Roman can't keep up. Yeah, it just it just didn't play very well with me. I just didn't think it was all that good. All righty, folks. Catch up with Rob at Rob Hefner C2C on the Twitter bot. Catch up with Brian at Vlad Dragul C2C on Twitter. And catch up with me at Stan Grubb everywhere. And the show at C2C Radio Show on Twitter. Corner to Corner Show and Corner to Corner Wrestling on Facebook. And, of course, the website, c2cradioshow.com, for all your C2C needs. Uh, I will be updating the webpage and linking Andrade versus Omega on the site. Like I said, I'll leave it up there until they pull it down, and then when they pull it down, I'll update it with something else. That'll do it for us this week. Enjoy the first dance. Enjoy SummerSlam NXT. It's going to be crazy. Um I'm excited. I, I, I don't know what else is going to happen. What the hell, right? Enjoy not seeing Kenny, uh, not seeing CM Punk show up. Right. Maybe it's Gilbert. Maybe the Gilbert thing happens. God, that, that would be hilarious. Punk, I, Punkberg. Punkberg. CM <laughs> Skunk. I think that's what I said. CM Skunk. Skunk. Now, now I've got to get one of my artistically inclined people to draw a picture of CM Skunk. <laughs> that would be so funny. Oh, God. I, you know what? Like I said, I'd be disappointed in the, in the first bit, and then I'd be like, no, this is actually really funny. And listen, listen, so TK, if you're out there listening, I'll even give you the rights to the stupid thing, even though I named them, just to see you pull that off. Well, <laughs> hey, they're going to have NWO sting sooner or later. That would be so hilarious. <laughs> they're going to have the, It's going to be the elite sting. Oh, no. No. <laughs> BTE sting. Oh no. That's so funny. <laughs> That'll do it for us, everybody. You have a great night. We'll see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.